0: Hi, this is Gordon Davis and you're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast.
1: Here we are, top 10th place set in stone above Chelsea for the first time in 40 years after sharing of the spoils against Sir Roy at our cottage. In some ways a point apiece and both sets of fans celebrating the man seem to be quite fitting. I guess our top 10 sides will have to break the record against Ten Hag this Sunday. We'll look back on Crystal Palace and a look into a crystal ball for what could occur for our return to United this Sunday and Mitrovic and William Reckoning we all hope. Today I'm joined by Luke Sarge Sargent and a lovely return from Matt Frenchy-Beclaire with myself, J-Mac, on your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. Right, guys, look, lovely to have you back on loan from people who have fucking lives, FC Frenchie. Hopefully this goes better than Clint Dempsey's return uh, on loan back way back when. Um, you were at the cottage, indeed, both of you were, but I'll, I'll go to you first, Frenchie. Uh, how was the game for you? And, and just generally, how's your, the season been for you? It's been a while since we spoke on this.
0: Yeah, it was, hello, mate. Um, yes, yeah, Saturday was okay, wasn't it? I think it was, it was one of those days where I didn't really care about the result. The season was pretty much done. I'm, I'm not overly fussed about the record or anything like that. We've broken loads of records. We've had a great time along the way as well, haven't we? The, the season's been amazing. Seven away wins. And you go into these games almost expecting at the moment, which is quite yeah. different from how we've experienced the previous Premier League campaigns but yeah the championship was great last season as well wasn't it but you know Saturday was great and it was, it was a shame you couldn't be there I know you were off fannying around in Ireland uh, about <laughs> <Yeah>. your 300th <laughs> wedding of the year um, but we all, all met up in the pub before and there was a good crowd I think there was about 15 of us down there and we had a little walk down the river to the ground and um, everyone was in uh, in good spirits and um yeah it, it, it was really good fun it was um it was good not to lose the last home game and yeah I just I just they, they billed it as the party, didn't they? Um, yeah. Party at the Palace or whatever it was with uh, with King Roy. And that, that's how it felt.
1: Yeah, so Sarge, you were there too. Uh, it, sad to not get the points record, but a draw was maybe a bit more respectful to Roy in some ways, would you say?
2: Yeah, it was a typical Hodgson performance, wasn't it? It's, you know, we pretty much dominated the first half, but they didn't really give us anything. And then they hit us on the counter-attack and took the lead. It was... It was very fitting that it was Roy Hodgson sort of preventing us to getting what we were looking for with a, a very Roy Hodgson-esque performance. Um, it's one of those things, the points record. Uh, it's nice, but ultimately, before we started to approach it this season, did anyone really remember what it was? You know, I, I'm not sure it's something that you, at the start of the season any fans were really thinking of. I know Marco Silva said the players and the, the squad were mm. aiming to try and set that record, but I'm not sure how much that record really stands the test of time and in a few more years will we remember it I think it's just one of those things that it's nice in the moment but ultimately the main thing this season was about staying up we've done that comfortably and defied expectations so the record while it would have been a nice little caveat to the season I don't think it's a big deal and you know it's it's fitting that it was Roy Hodgson that kind of halted us in our tracks the way he he halted a lot of teams in their tracks when he was with us
0: I've, I've got to say as well I'm not having all this being respectful to Roy by not beating him sod that Give the old bastard a good old hiding. That's what I say. It's football, mate. He, he's never been respectful when he's come back to us and beat us 2 0 on the opening day of the season when we first came up a few years ago and then beat us at Cellars. He takes great pleasure in beating us, I'm sure. Three points he does. is three points. Three he poises, also switched sides poises. again,
1: didn't he? He switched the fucking side. I I I was I couldn't believe it when I heard he'd done that again. It really annoyed me the first time in 1819, uh when we yeah, played Palace did. in the opening game of the season. That's unreal. But um yeah, I mean so like you say there, Sarge, you know, the, the points record, you know, we don't need to worry about that maybe too much yet. Yeah, we can still rectify that potentially against Man United, but 10th place. Let's talk about that for a second, Frenchie. I mean uh, that for a yo-yo club. I feel like That's brilliant. You know, the Yo-Yo Club thing is a bit of a red herring, but I feel the pundits have not really been giving us necessary our praise because actually we've been in the top 10 for I think 90% of the season so it's gone a bit unnoticed and away from the mainstream but i mean you you got to look at some of the the, the points that so crystal palace were into who we played their top points record in the premier league ever is 49 points burnley's is 54 watford's is 50 i mean it's 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 a very good very good innings we've had so far but to to finish 10th is unbelievable isn't it
0: you hear people talking about how the game's changed in the last 10, 15, 20 years, and you look at what wins you the Premier League these days, you know, it's 95 points, whatever Man City have got. I haven't taken the time to look it up because, frankly, it's far too uh, high above yeah. where we are to, for me to care about. But I, I think the the achievement of the amount of points that we've got this season is at least up there, if not more impressive than, than you know... Ha- the, the points total that we got with, with Roy that season anyway. It meant that we finished higher back then. But I, I think the the top half of the Premier League particularly is more competitive these days than, than it ever was. And I mean the bottom's absolute shite, isn't it? And I, I can't remember what who I was talking to the other day. It might have been you lot in um, on WhatsApp or whatever, but I feel like back when we were we were rubbish and we were at the bottom of the, the Premier League and scrapping for our lives to stay up and, and ultimately failing. I feel like there were a lot of crap teams around us then and we just didn't appreciate how crap the other teams around us were because we were crap. Whereas now we can sit up on our pedestal up in 10th place, look down and go, oh, you lot of shit down there. And mm-hmm. when we played Leicester the other day, dreadful they were. Southampton, dreadful. But that was us a few years ago. Um, That's right. So... It, you just have to you have to soak it up when, when you're having a good season because you don't know how long it's going to last and that that's the truth of it you know so enjoy it while it lasts because the, these are these are the good times for us
1: absolutely
2: embrace it I think that's the thing that I'm, I've am i been most impressed with though is that all those teams that, that are shit we've made sure we've beaten them like if you look at it we, we've lost I think we've lost 15 games this season but when you actually break it down as to how many of the teams have beaten us it's not that many because City beat us twice. West Ham are the ones that, that really annoy me that they beat us. They managed to beat us twice. But mm-hmm. City beat us twice. Arsenal beat us twice. Spurs beat us twice. Newcastle beat us twice. So, like, already we're racking up. Those are the losses that we've had. The teams that have beaten us have been the better teams in the league. All of the teams that we should be getting points from, we've consistently taken points off of. Um, and that's been the most impressive thing. Although we've lost 15 games, we haven't lost to that many teams. Um, which Which, you know, Is what you need to do if you're going to be safe in this league and finish in the top half, you need to beat the teams below and around you. And that's exactly what we've done all season. We haven't picked up that many points off of the teams higher up the table, but we've done what we needed to We've done our job. And you look at a team like Leicester, who are really struggling at the moment. Mm. And a big part of the reason they're struggling is they had back-to-back games recently, I think against Everton and I think it was Forest. And they didn't win either of those games. And that was their chance to kind of pull themselves out of the danger zone. And they didn't. Whereas we've never fallen into that danger zone because we've just consistently beaten those teams down there. We haven't been picking up the points necessarily against the Arsenal's and the Cities, But against your Southamptons, against your Forests, against your Leicester's. You know, we've done a lot of doubles this season over teams like that. Leeds, we've done a double. Leicester, we've done a double. Southampton we've done a double you know those teams we've beaten in both the games and that that doesn't always happen and that's why we've got probably well we have got the most wins we've ever recorded in the Premier League season because of results like that
1: that's right yeah 15 wins I mean just a phenomenal a phenomenal outcome and it's just a brilliant brilliant work from Marcus Silver's team and our squad um, I mean you'd say Sarge that you know you're not too fussed about records how about uh, beating above Chelsea for the first time in forty years and they've spent four hundred and thirty million more. That's quite fun, isn't it? I we'll forget about Brentford for once, but like yeah, you know, that's that's still quite nice little nice little thing to have on our shoulder.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been fun watching them struggle and, and throw into that as well the results that we got against them this season as well. That that makes it even more better because you know, it, it's all good and well finishing above them, but if we'd finished the season above them, but we hadn't got any points off of them this season, it probably wouldn't have felt quite the same. The fact that we had that win, that moment, I was with Frenchy for that night. It was, we had a great time. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that's one of the big highlights of the season. And the other thing to think about is that we did, we did that without Mitrovic as well. You know, we, we did that without our main striker, our main talisman. That was in a period where he wasn't available. And we still picked up that result against them, and then we went to their place and got the draw there. And we've we've been consistently better than them all season, and that doesn't happen very often. So we've got to relish it.
0: Chelsea have been Chelsea have been poor though, haven't they? it's, it, it's been as much about Chelsea being absolutely dreadful as it has been about us being really good. But when a team spends well, six hundred in excess of six hundred million, as Chelsea have done, then you expect big things from them. Um, but I, I just wanted to come back on something that you said about the uh, the pundits and the the predictions and all that sort of stuff as well. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that nobody has a bloody clue what they're talking about, really. It's all guesswork. <laughs> um, you can, you know, you, you listen to some of the pundits and it, and it's great. You know, they, they give insight, they play the game, they talk about what to watch out for and the tactical side of it. But really, when it comes to predicting, it's, it's guesswork because... You know, you, you think about Man City. If you were to sit there and predict Man City's results this season, before every game, you predict a Man City win, wouldn't you? 100%, most people would. Yet Man City have lost this season. They lost at home to Brentford. Who would have predicted that? So, always, you can always go with... You know what your what your gut feel is, but on a result or where somebody's going to finish or the type of season that they're going to have, there's always a surprise package every season, or there usually is, and there's always a couple of surprise results as well. So I, I just don't buy into all of this. Oh you you predicted this and you got it wrong. What do you know? You're being paid and you're uh, to be honest with you, match of the day every week. I record it, watch it on Sunday morning, and fast forward for all the punditry because I couldn't give a shit what they've got to say. I just want to watch the goals.
1: Mm, fair enough I mean and and obviously what you were saying before as well actually Luke you were saying this um, I don't know why I call you Luke your name's Sarge I mean I know that's your <laughs> real name but no one calls you Luke for God's sake so as Sarge was saying there we did a lot of great things this season without Mitrovic but Mitrovic was back in the lineup and with a brace and I think that's 14 goals in 24 appearances now I mean he is just he looks very first of all he looks very very hungry for his return to Old Trafford which is brilliant looks very fit once again and he's in his teens for the first time when it comes to goal scoring in the Premier League. It's just uh, just brilliant to see Frenchy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I was at Southampton uh, last weekend when he came back and I listened to the Southampton pod that, that you guys did last week and um, all I heard was Baldo talking about how much Mr Whippies are. So um, I'm going to add something <laughs> yeah. a, a bit more along the lines of football this week. So I bought a programme the other day and it had Mitrovic on the front and there was an interview with him in there. Um, I was just reading through it on Sunday morning a bit bleary-eyed after having a few beers uh, the night before and got a bit emotional because he he said "Um, I've been at this club a long time and it's nice to play that number of games and score that number of goals I love to score goals I try to give my best to score even more goals for Fulham playing for this club is special for me I feel the club I feel the fans I'm not just a Fulham player I'm a Fulham fan I love this club and I want to make more history and score more goals for this club and yet people were predicting he was going to leave after his eight game ban so it just goes to show people are just full of Mm. shit Mitrovic, what a man, what a legend and also his recommendation of the Fulham kitchen on the Munster Road we've been there three times after games this season it's spot on, we went on them on Saturday Sarge was there, weren't you Sarge? what did you think of it mate? I was very
2: much, very much an enjoyable uh, experience we were accused today by our resident Serbian Tristan Potorucic of uh, a cultural appropriation I think he called it um, <laughs> by going, by going <laughs> to the Fulham kitchen again. Um, but it, it, it does show, Like I mean, what Frenchy just said there about how Mitrovic, you know, he feels the club. I think as, as fans, we we feel him without sounding too weird. Um, you know, the, the response of him coming back and the Serbian flags, they were out again at the weekend. You know, he's, he's so loved. I tweeted this after the Southampton game. But he's so loved at Fulham. Why would he want to go anywhere else at this point in his career? You know he he is legendary hero status and I I just don't see where else he's going to get that at this point now it's he's he is ingrained in the club and club I feel like is ingrained in him and the the performances show that he's he's been so good and he does show that he is a cut above you know pretty much anything else that we could probably hope to have at the t- in the team at the moment he's he is that good and he makes such a difference to us
0: but but not only that as well but we've built the team around him. And he's going to go somewhere. Oh, if he went somewhere else, then he'd have to fit in around that team. So why would you bother? Just stay here. You're loved here. You're scoring goals here. You're playing fantastic football here. The only way I can see him leaving is if Marco Silva leaves and then we get somebody else in who doesn't like him and he doesn't get on with. But all the while Marco's right. here and the team's built around him, why would you leave?
1: No, for sure. And there was an interview recently with him uh with Sky Sports, and it was talking about what happened with uh, Kavanaugh and the, the referee and his ban, and he says he, he, you know, he re- he regrets it, but he doesn't apologise. I can't remember exactly what he said, but he also mentioned how there's work to do, and you know how we're going to go again next season in terms of adding to the squad and and building on what we've done. So it, it does seem like he will stay. I, I really, you know, we all hope he does, because as as Sarge says, league we all feel him. So you know, and uh, certainly do. I mean, I've got to say, there's um, there's a few things that, you know. Frenchie, I can imagine, doesn't think we should overlook these things. People saying he's going to go, but Pelina, um you guys were there. Was there a double goodbye to the fans at the end, and it has people worried and overthinking? Everyone thinks he's gone for like uh, gone now because he's obviously this amazing midfielder and he's worth sixty, seventy million pounds. I just want to know your vibe when he did that goodbye or double goodbye, clapping to the fans. I think he's just.
0: It didn't feel like a goodbye at all to me. I mean. I th- I think it was just appreciation um and yeah. the uh, they played the uh, tequila song over the um over the over the speakers and everyone started singing his song so we just came down to lap it up and then he did a bit to camera afterwards which i think was on the full of instagram stories And he just said, this has been a great season, thanks to everybody, and let's do it all again next season together. Or words to that effect. I don't feel like he's going to go. And also on Polina as well, having said something similar about Mitrovic just a second ago, I don't feel like he'd be as effective in a different team as he is in ours because his strength, amongst other things, is winning the ball back. So in a team that's enjoying 70% of possession, is he going to be as effective? No, so I can't can't see which other team in the Premier League he goes to and is effective as he is at Fulham. You know, he could go to another club at a similar level to Fulham, but why would you bother? Why would you bother? He's already at the best mid-table club. Um, So I couldn't see him going to Man City because they have far too much possession and they've got far more attacking players in in midfield. Honestly, Sarge, Jay Mack, any of you tell me which, which team he'd be better suited at than Fulham?
2: No, none, none. I don't think it was a double goodbye either. I think like Frenchie said, he, he did his lap of honor and then they played the tequila song and he came back. So that was that okay. was what brought him back over from From my perspective. That's what I saw happen. Um, so I don't think it was him doing like a double goodbye. It was a sort of, oh, I'm doing my lap of honor. Oh, the song's on. Oh, the hammy end is singing for me. I'm going to go over and enjoy that. Yeah. You know, it was yeah, just, that, that exactly. was all I took from it. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, I don't think he goes anywhere as well. The other thing is that you've got to understand, and this happens with footballers a lot of the time, where he's far more valuable to us than he is somewhere else. His value to Fulham is essentially, you know, I was asked at the weekend who my player of the season was. and, And while Mitrovic is fantastic, he has missed a lot of games and we've coped without him. player that I don't think we would have coped without is Palina. If we'd lost him for a significant amount of time, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have achieved what we achieved. So his value to us is so high. He signed a long deal. Anyone that wants to get him from us is going to have to pay big, big money, probably more money than they think he's worth, which I think, you know, works in our favour. It's happened with players before. Zaha is probably the biggest example of it, where his value to Crystal Palace was higher than his value to anyone else. And so no one was ever willing to pay what it would cost to get him out of there. And Pelin is kind of in a similar position. His value to us is way higher than probably it is to anyone that would want to buy him because as Frenchie said teams that need a ball winning player are in and around us in the table there's no point making a sideways move teams higher up than us in the table probably aren't going to prioritise that sort of player and spend the sort of money that we're going to require for him You know, to go there if, if they've got 70% possession they don't need someone that makes 7 million tackles a year
1: well let's let's hope he stays then I'm I'm, I'm sure he will I I do think we hold all the cards in the length of his contract and just generally the fact he really loves it here his celebrating with the fans and actually like you say coming out for an extra goodbye just shows that he loves it here and I think he definitely will be remaining I mean I'm going to move on now I mean other than you can add any other players you thought were Noteworthy throughout the game, but I, I want to talk about Willian because that was his fifth assist um, in this game, and he's got a contract extension due. I think it's quite amazing, Freddy, how he's been our most important winger. We all heard Willian; we, we can talk about this to death. Like, oh, we didn't think he was going to be good or good, or we all thought he was going to be a rotationary player, but like, he actually is very much like our starting winger now. And like, it, it, we just—I—I I think I can't really imagine him not having a starting role again next
0: season. Really, I've—I've I've got to say that he's association in the past has been with Chelsea, hasn't it? But I don't look at him and think that's ex-Chelsea Willian there. I think that Mm. is a man who oozes class, far more class class than that lot down the road have ever had. He's an absolutely fantastic player, wonderful player to watch. I absolutely love watching Willian. And he doesn't play like a, what is he, 34? Doesn't play like a 34-year-old, he's still so quick. He's still got such good touch. His assists, his goals that he's pinging in, you know it's it, i feel like we've got a, a prime Premier League player here and uh he did an interview with 442 which i just so happened to read last night not in just just by sheer fluke that was coming on the podcast um and and he said that he, he sees himself playing for another four or five years and then he wants to go on to be a football agent so that that's his plan and i uh, way betide anyone that tries to stop him from getting in the Fulham team next season sign him up keep him in the team he's fantastic i love him
1: there's something about Willian being a football agent that seems quite funny. I just in a business suit with, with that with that wonderful large hair of his. It's just it's just quite funny. Do you know what I mean yeah. welcome? <laughs> you know, like yeah, just him answering phones. And it's just very. I don't know why. But um, bye bye yeah. bye. Sell sell so, sell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that sort of brings that brings us on to sort of the next point, um, Man of Solomon. I mean, you know, we all thought Solomon was going to be that the. the the future for us and it doesn't really seem like it's going that way from his maybe from his comments um on instagram or twitter whatever the fuck it is but also just marcus silver's usage of him just your thoughts on solomon and William if you want to add anything else to what french just yeah it was a
2: real slide doors moment wasn't it when he got injured in that uh, that behind closed doors friendly because because he was slated to be the the starting winger and you know do we do we really push on with the william deal if he doesn't get injured i mean he, i think william was probably already trading with us but do you know do we rely on him so much if solomon had stayed fit probably not um william's come in and he's, he's you know he's made that position his own he's probably the only winger like you say in the squad that really nailed down a position bobby reed did well on the right early in the season harry wilson's been doing really well on the right later in the season but william's been the constant in those wide areas and um it's, it's, made, it's made it very difficult for Solomon even when he was scoring a load of goals his, his goal contribution was fantastic but William brings so much to the team that Solomon had a big ask to, to get past him and I think he's probably looking at it now in terms of whether or not he wants to stick around he's going to have to try and get past him again next season and it, it doesn't look likely William's been fantastic he's, he's just a player of, of another calibre it, it's, it, it's a bit like when we signed Berbatov a player that's played at such a high level that they can come down to Fulham and make it look easy, um, but his professionalism has been unbelievable. On him being an agent, I actually think he'd be a fucking terrible agent because he—this is the man that basically <laughs> turned down thousands of pounds at Arsenal and tore up his contract when he still had two years left on it, um, and just this just left the money way. on the table. And, you know, was like, no, I want to be happy. And it, I mean, while that is completely commendable as a business decision, it's shocking. So I wouldn't have him do my contract. That's for sure.
1: That would be the tagline of his new agency. Don't be rich, be happy. Yeah, just, just a really a really hipster or just just generally hippie sort of agency. That would be, be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, and you know we'll see what happens next season with Willie. And I think he still keeps his place, but we might need a, you know, a, a Solomon replacement if he isn't staying. You know, like we will link with players like Reese Nelson or something, just a younger person to. Rotate with. But yeah, I, I'm just trying to think, is there anything else we've missed here, guys? I mean, we could talk about the game in depth, but I don't really see the point. I mean, in terms of our goals, the Michrevit I mean the penalty, very good for Mitrovic to have a penalty like but, that. But you can't take, he can't like take he can't take penalties.
0: He can't take penalties, so yeah. it can't have been very good.
1: <laughs> well there you go, so like, like, he's always, like there's so, there's so much redemption arts going on in this part i mean so he he's, and the, you know the header was fantastic uh, but i unreal. mean in, t- in terms it was great, but in terms of the, our defense i mean there's ter- there's some ideas that we were quite shoddy in the i mean i thought the first goal from um Edouard was brilliant, but i guess the second one was yeah
2: a we bit... just the first one was just a typical counter attack it was you know they broke from a corner Eze's a very good player he beats his man you know and he plays a good ball splits the defence edwards in and he finishes it really really well that's just you know i think sometimes you just have to applaud the opposition yeah the second goal was scrappy Definitely. but those those happen don't they that's just one of the, it's just one of those things
0: just that second goal reminded me of the uh, the bournemouth one uh, away a few weeks ago when the ball was just sat up nice and you just think robinson boot it away and he didn't. And next thing, the other guys just knocked it in. So I think Solanke did it at Bournemouth, didn't he? And then um, I can't That's remember Blake's right. name. He scored um, on um, on Saturday now. But yeah, he was it. Joel Ward. Um, yeah, yeah he, it was Joel Ward. He, yeah, he, he scored as well. Um, but otherwise, I mean, we, we've been a little bit lapsed at the back at times this season, haven't we? I mean you can pick holes in in the team all you want, but we're tenth. We're more than safe. It's been our best season in the Premier League in absolutely years. So I'm, I'm not going to muck about. And I also think Anthony Robinson, by the way, has been an absolute revelation at left-back. It's been a joy to watch going forward, that's for sure. It's fantastic watching him on the overlap, bombing past Willian or whoever else has been playing on the left and just looking to attack all the time. I think he's been wonderful. So, you know, everyone makes mistakes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. OK, right, well, if it's all right of you, lads, we will go on to a Manchester United preview after this noise. Fulham. So, Manchester United, um, are you? You're going to this one, Freddie? I mean, you've been going to every. Actually, let's talk about that. You've gone to every away
0: game this season. Is that correct? Done every league game, yeah. And Crawley. Uh, I, have, I didn't go to Hull. I didn't go to Sunderland. I didn't go to Manchester United on Mother's Day. Just, I think Manchester United was difficult just because there were no trains or limited trains, particularly from where I am. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, the the uh, the train strikes have tried to really screw us over this year, but. We've uh, we've ended up uh, we've ended up getting there one way or another and yeah this will this will be 38 out of 38 for me on Sunday.
1: Fucking excellent. And do you? I mean, revenge against ourselves on the cards? Would you say? I mean, I don't know how seriously we take this. Game. It depends. It depends what happens with Chelsea. It depends if they grab
0: top four or not, doesn't it? Officially before then. It'd be nice to finish without. Defeat, wouldn't it? I think we played Manchester United in away in the in our last game on the um, on the last last away game of last season, the Scott Parker season, didn't we? Yeah, was Joe it? Bryan scored. That's right, and there uh, is it Cavani? Was that the bloke's name, the Uruguayan bloke who scored? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. miles out, and it should have been disallowed. Um, so we've, we we oh, should have that. won that game. Uh, um, <laughs> but anyway, um. Yeah, look, I, I'm not going to lose any sleep if we if we don't get anything from the game. But it would be nice not to lose and pick up a point or two. And I, like I said earlier, I'm not too fussed about the record. If we got it, it would be nice, wouldn't it? But I'm certainly not going to lose any sleep if we don't get it. And if, if we lose, we lose. But I'm, I'm, it wouldn't tarnish what's been one of my favourite seasons, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I think the United game is a, it's an interesting bookend, isn't it? With what happened in the cup game. I mean, I know we talk about you know it depends what happens if they've secured top four. I I don't actually think that matters. I think we proved in the cup game that we're more than a match for them. We were the better team, and that was that was united. You know, they had something to play for in that as well. Um they subsequently got on to for make sure. the cup final. So it's not like they were just phoning it in for the FA Cup. But um, yeah, I, I I think the players, I think the players will have something to, not so much prove, but I, I just think they'll they'll relish the opportunity to go there and. Kind of just lay a few demons to rest. I think they'll want to go there and put in a performance and and get something out of it. I think they they feel like they deserved more the last time they were up there, so they'll want to take it this time. It'll be an interesting game. I'm I'm a bit like French, I don't really mind what the result is. I'm not not really fussed about the record as such. Um, but it, it's always nice to watch a team win football matches, and that's that's what hopefully will happen. You know, to finish off what has been a really good season. If, if we don't quite get the result, we come up a bit short you know it is what it is the thing that's been so good about watching Fulham this season is that apart from the Newcastle game where we had the man sent off in the first five minutes no one has battered us like we've lost games by the odd goal far more often than not we you know we've always been competitive and even on games where we haven't played that well we've still you know held our own scoreline wise even like the Villa game recently was a bit of a dross game but we only lost 1-0 like we didn't we didn't turn up there and get turned over so you know, I think we can be confident as fans that whenever we show up to watch our team, we're gonna see a team compete. And that's that's what I expect us to see. That's what I expect to see again on Sunday. And I think, you know, with the added caveat of what happened in the cup game, we should we should see something pretty decent from them. Mitrovic will be up for it. Harrison Reid was mm. unbelievable up there before. So, you know, more of the same and let's hopefully pick up a result.
0: The only other team I can think that's um, that's in inverted commas battered us is Arsenal at home.
2: Yeah, yeah. They like they did
0: one. a three 0 but we we were without Mitrovic and we we're also without Polina and we we're a different side without yeah, either of those either of those players in the side, arguably, but certainly without Polina as as you said earlier, Serge. I think was Polina missing from West Ham away as well. I think he might have been. I know we lost that game as well, but we we, we had those three goals that neither of none of which should ever have been given um mm. the two handballs and then the penalty that I think Craig Dawson fouled Pereira didn't he um but without without those players we we're, we're a different team but we've got those players in the side the only people we're missing uh are Pereira and Ream We've patched patched over with um, with Tim Ream being missing and Diop's coming in and done okay. The odd mistake here and there, but he's we're a solid unit at the back with with him in there equally so with as with Tim Ream anyway. And then Kenny's coming and he's been fantastic um, covering for for Pereira and doing a good job there. So I still think we're a fairly a fairly strong Fulham team, and this is a team full of heroes, a team full of winners, um, and you know I I wouldn't bet against us winning. That's
1: for sure. Well, this is the thing. I think it'll be a really... I'm I'm very envious, Reggie, because I think it'll be a really, really fucking good away day. Mm. I think it'll be really, really fun. Um, I think... There's a good storyline here that third time's a charm. I think, you know, the game at home was, you know, the Garnacho goal really was just one of, I think that's one of the worst I've ever left the college, actually, feeling wise, because yeah. I thought we were dominant. And actually, funny enough, that was the best I thought Palinia's played all season. or well, one of them, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, was It was, he was, in, he was absolutely, just did nothing wrong that game. And then, obviously, at United, we destroyed ourselves. But still, there's just this idea that I feel like we really are quite close to actually. Beating them at Old Trafford for the first time in nearly twenty years or whatever it is, but I mean, I think it's since two thousand and three. Is that right? I
0: think yeah, I was there for that.
1: Someone murders uh, me uh, online. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, just I think there is there is a vibe there that we could actually win, and it, it could we could have a nice romantic storyline of beating our points record at Old Trafford after we've been beaten by them kind of unjustly twice already this season. So hopefully, third time is a charm, and it could be quite well, well quite a good day.
0: There's ten of us going up for the weekend. This weekend we're going up on Saturday. We're going to Karen's Diner on Saturday night to be sworn at. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have, uh, are aware of what Karen's Diner is, but if people listening aren't, then they look it up, Google it. It's um, it's good fun. We we went before for the uh, for the Man City away game back in November as well. It's it's good fun. So always always a good little time out in Manchester, regardless.
1: Oh well well, I mean the blue side of Manchester probably is having a very good time over at, at the moment, but i imagine I, I imagine it will be still i mean like what what happens at Karen's out of interest or is it like a sort oh, of...
0: the the staff are just rude to you. Yeah, you walk in, oh, they, really? thro- they throw the they, Yeah, Forty no, Towers. Well, yeah, so, sort of, but worse. So you walk in, they throw the menus <laughs> on the floor. And then last time when we were there, um, the waitress came over and asked me what I wanted to drink. I said, oh, I don't know, I'll have a beer. She just shrugged and went, what beer? And I said, you choose. So she went, right, well, Peroni Zero then. And that's what she bought over, and I had to pay for it. <laughs> 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 and then at, at oh, the that end, is brilliant. At, at, the, at the end, I gave her a tenner, a £10 note tip, and she just snatched it out of my hand and went, right, well, fuck off then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we oh, really want to go. Uh, only, only went up with, with my girlfriend last time, but this, uh, this time we're going up with 10 of us, so I think it should be good fun.
1: Oh, I'm even more envious you going now. All oh, right, well, well, we'll leave it there. I mean, this, the other notes here, what have we got? Like, you know, oh, Marcus Rashford back in training. Our lineup will be the same as I one Yeah, yeah, we're done. We're done here. Uh, after this, all other business. Fulham. So, Sarge, I'll go to you really quickly. Um, the, the first point I've got is links to players. Um, the, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this really, really quickly just um, the, because you actually were the only person on the group that knew about him. We were linked with a guy called Alessand or play. uh, uh so I think a I it forward, uh, 30 years old in Germany. Um, you okay, know that,
0: that's a hospital what, pass. Sarge, good luck with this one. Yeah, yeah. no, he actually knows. He <laughs> does bit, actually know. Oh, I right, would yeah. have done that to him. I've never swear. heard of him. I swear. No, there is there is a little bit of backstory
2: <laughs> to this. So when we first went into lockdown, um, me and my mates we we all adopted a, a German team because it was the first league back, and we just we basically just drew lots, and I I drew Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, and they were ha- happened to be having a really good season, they actually qualified for the Champions League that season, but uh, Alisson Player, as I, I believe you say his name, um, was their centre forward then and, and is, is still their centre forward now. Um, he's been pushed out wide a bit this season and apparently he's a bit unhappy about it and he wants to play through the middle again so he's looking to leave and, and we've been linked with him. Um, it's a funny one because I'm the guy that said we you know we're, we're probably not going to get a better backup striker than we've got if we did get Alisson player he probably is a better backup striker than Carlos Vinicius but i don't think he's so much better than Carlos Vinicius that we need to be looking at making that change as such um he's a good player he's technically good he knows where the goal is he, he's he's decent for a few goals a season he's he's a good link up striker he you know he gets involved in the play and uh, brings the wingers into play. They they've also got Marcus Taram at, at Gladback and he's he's scored a fair few goals from linking up with, with Alison Player. So he's he's a good player, but I'm not sure that we need him at such. I think you know some of the links that you mentioned earlier, like Reese Nelson would probably be more suitable in terms of prioritising our moves at the moment. I don't think we need to prioritise a, a backup centre forward when Let's face it, Carlos Vinicius has, you know, has answered a fair few critics in the most recent games that he's played. So, yeah, I think we we press on with what we've got in that department, but um, we'll see what else what else comes up.
0: We bumped into Vinicius after the Man City game. We've been going for a couple of beers down by the river because they keep the uh, the bars open between the Hammersmith End and the Riverside Stand after the game. So we've been you know, a few of us go down and have a couple of drinks, and then as we were coming out of the Hammersmith End after the Man City game, Vinny having scored that goal. He was just coming out of I don't know he must have been coming out of the the Johnny Haynes stand or something and we mobbed him I went over to him like he was my best man best mate shook his hand Vinny what a goal my son let's have a picture all of us doing pictures I think he might have been hoping he was just gonna sneak out sneak out the back way but he um he was loving it he had a beaming smile and he, he made time for the fans so I'm all for Carlos Vinicius and the the thing with him as well probably similar with Solomon similar with any any of our players is that they need to be playing regularly for them to show what they're capable of. You know, Solomon came in, he was back from injury. Um, You know, he he had a couple of good games. Then then Harry Wilson showed that he was back into form and Solomon was back on the bench. He's used very sparingly. Same with Vinicius. He took a little while and then all of a sudden he's in his stride. He's played a few games and he's banging him in. He's in the right place at the right time. He can finish. Um, he was dreadful against Aston Villa mind you away from home um, when he came off the bench but that's that's the difficulty of coming off the bench sometimes I think but in all the games that he started I think Vinicius has done quite a good job and I certainly wouldn't be against him being back up to Mitrovic again next season if he's happy to be
1: I was going to say Sarge um, because the sort of links up we're talking about players we want players we might keep you know Vinicius I think's done nothing wrong the only mention that I mentioned it is obviously you know there's links to Flamengo going on and we've been linked with another striker as well as player called um, Navarro I think like like clubs like Brentford are looking in but this is all kind of silly transfer gossip that we don't have anything concrete for but you know just asking you basically how we build on this Sarge um you know we've mentioned the 15 wins record so far um obviously the key you would say would be Marcus silva obviously i mean you actually yeah, just need to look at the rumours now coming out from wolves because you know Lopetegui, um who i think is a brilliant manager um might now be leaving because he's not been promised the transfer kitty um he was uh, he he was he demanded because of ffp um just basically your thoughts on how we build in this next season and the carns etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah i
2: think marcos silva signing a new deal is is the big one because he's into his last year isn't he um next next season so we we want to tie that down because you don't want to spend the season with the speculation of it hanging over us so he's he's the priority i think i think what we need to be looking at is what players can we bring in that first of all fill the gaps in the squad so we need someone that can come in and play when Pelina is inevitably suspended and do a decent job going to be difficult to find but we we need someone that can come in there and and win the ball for us and and give us that physical impact that he does because I think that was what we missed when he didn't play we we tended to move Harrison Reed into that ball winning role and just the physicality is not the same it doesn't set the same tempo and I think so we need to bring someone in that can kind of match at least the physicality if not necessarily the the numbers that Palina gives us Um, we probably need to look at fullback areas because the backup fullbacks that we've had this year haven't really offered much you know because i was spent a lot of it injured i'm not sold on cedric to be honest and Mbabu babu got shipped off at the first opportunity so that's probably an area we need to look at and then it's can we improve in some areas of the pitch i think a lot of the players that we have this season have, have kind of nailed their spot we you know kenny tete are we going to get another right back better than kenny tete probably not Frenchy talked about Robinson earlier are we going to get a better left back than Anthony Robinson at the moment probably not you know we're not going to get I mean look you you could probably look at trying to improve centre midfield but I think Harrison Reid has shown himself to be a brilliant Premier League player and I wouldn't really be looking at moving him on anytime soon same with Pereira same with Mitrovic same with Williams Harry Wilson has been good recently that might be one area you look at just because he hasn't maybe nailed it down for the whole season I think we're looking at supplementing what we have. I don't think we're looking at any massive overhauls here. I think this team, built on the core of what brought us up initially, has been added to really well and has done really well. And I think we just do the same again. You just add a, a few key players to key areas of the pitch, but you try and keep the nucleus of it the same so that the you know the, the flow is there, that the rhythm stays there. And I think we just basically approach this window very similarly to how we approached the last one. Make sure we bring in quality and make sure we bring in players that fit the system and fit the style and fit the manager
0: I could see um, Suarez staying you know um, signing from Arsenal we played for Marco before in Portugal was it at Sporting and yes, it seems, so. seems, to be, seems to be his man yeah um, and I, I, I think there's a mutual respect between the two of them. Again, I was reading an interview with him the other day, Suarez, and he won the um, he won the Euros for Portugal. I think he played every game in that tournament for Portugal in 2016, was it? When they won the Euros. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, is, is this another case of a player who's come in only had a bit part to play? hasn't really got going yet. But if he was to be, be given a run of games, if Tesse got injured, I, I think he'd I think he'd probably do a decent job for us. There was a game earlier in the season. It might have been the West Ham game when he started and his crossing. He had so many opportunities to cross, and his crossing was shit. It was so bad. But again, I, I could see us bringing him in. I think that would that would be um, a good addition to the squad. Um, in a squad where you're you're trying to you're looking at filling the squad out a bit with with quality. Um, and of course, we're gonna need we're gonna need at least a backup left back, aren't we? Because Kazar was going to go back to Paris Saint Germain. One would think so yeah I, I I agree with sarge though other than on on Swires, I agree with Sarge I think it's a case of just building on on what we already have rather than looking to really dismantle it and and bring in some some bigger players i I think we've got the nucleus of a fantastic squad
1: absolutely, and just uh, some squad de- some Premier League squad depth yeah. in terms of what we can bring on from the bench i, I completely agree um
0: before what, what, I actually what, i'm going to throw what a... do we do sorry mate what, what do we do about Dan James?
1: Send him if, there was,
0: if there was an opportunity if there was an opportunity to sign Dan James do you take it or not nah I think we can do well, better well this is the
1: thing yeah yeah, I think we can do better um, I, I think you know it was very nice thank you for Everton with the, the brace and like you know how how well you worked as a sort of a, a dynamic uh, forward instead of forward yeah, but you got but one I think Everton we- was it one? Yeah. Oh, okay. It, it was, it was a good one. It was, up, a, it was yeah. a
0: great goal, but yeah, he, he, um, he set up the uh, the first one for Harrison Reed and then scored the third, but it was Harry Wilson who got the second. Sorry to... Uh, a, bra-
1: a brace of successful sorry things. Sorry no, I mean. you. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't worry. I, I I will say, I think, you know, with Leeds very likely to go down, we probably have maybe some leeway to, because we have an option to buy and we could probably mm-hmm. negotiate a really cheap deal for him, but like Prasad says, I think we could be looking at a lot more interesting a lot better wingers you have Pulisic at Chelsea that wants to go Ziyech you have potentially Lucas Mora who, who, who will leave Tottenham you've got uh, Reese Nelson who's available for free um, there's all these other kind of hipster players that I've heard of that <laughs> apparently are very good like you know Jasper Carlson, who's really I'm really a big fan but no, like you, you'll laugh at me you're just looking at me like I have no idea <laughs> but that's, you know there are a lot of things that we can do and I think yeah I don't think uh, Dan James will be one of them unfortunately but um before, I'm going to ask you what your favourite moment of the cottage is. And 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 because, obviously, that was our last game of the cottage, I mean, feel free to say something that's maybe a bit alternative because it's quite obvious the highlights are Chelsea and Brentford, perhaps. But before I do that, Frenchy, I will just ask you to also talk about something else that you have your mind on. Um,
0: uh, so we all, of course, remember Saturday the 29th of January last year when we very sadly lost Paul Parrish to a cardiac arrest during Fulham's match with Blackpool. It was something that affected all of us that were in the ground that day. And since then, Paul's daughter, Claire, set up the Paul Allen project. And the Paul Allen project aimed to put public access to fibrarators in our communities to try and minimize the chances of anyone else having to go through what her and her family went through. My personal involvement in this project has seen me learn and consider so many things that I'd never even thought about before. For example, do you guys know where your nearest defibrillator is? And do you know whether it's accessible 24 hours of the day? Because I wouldn't have had a clue. But there's a website that you can go on um, called defibrillator. No, sorry, defibfinder.uk. And if you go on there and put your postcode in, it will show you where your nearest defibrillator is. Um, and if a defibrillator isn't available 24 hours a day, then is there much point in it? Because cardiac arrests don't only happen during business hours. So you find you find them in shops, for example. But if you're unfortunate enough to have a cardiac arrest, between nine, nine and five, then, then great. You've, you've got a chance, but if you have one outside of those hours, then, and it's locked away in a shop, then no chance. So yeah, I would encourage everybody to go on dfibfinder.uk and find out, at least find out where it is. So, you know, where it is and bear in mind, if it's a five minute drive away, that's a 10 minute round trip and time is absolutely of the essence when somebody's in cardiac arrest. So don't wait until you need one before finding out where one is. That's one thing. Um, Additionally, we've started providing basic life-saving CPR training both at Sutton United FC and at Bradfield Church of England Primary School in Reading. And we've been on the Train the Trainer training courtesy of Resuscitation Council UK. Our content's then been peer-reviewed by Fulham Supporting Medical Professionals. And our sessions cost just £1 to attend. So, uh, bear in mind, this sort of training would cost up to 150 quid ahead with some companies, but we believe that basic life-saving training should be affordable to everyone. So you can book yourself onto one of our courses either by visiting the Project.org or the underscore paul, underscore allen underscore project on Instagram, where Claire regularly promotes new training dates. And if you go straight to the website, the project.org, then you can just go to the training section and then all the available current dates will be there. Um. A couple more bits. So from a fundraising perspective, we so far held a quiz night, a bingo night, and shook buckets at Sutton United versus Stockport County on Good Friday. And all those events have helped us to raise around 2,500 quid. And we've used that to buy CPR training kit. We have funded two kit bag sized defibrillators for South London football teams, and one public accessible defibrillator in Collingwood Park. So there's a, a defibrillator outside, right on the away end at Sutton United FC that's all the things we've done so far we've got some future fundraising events including a 34 mile walk this monday from sutton united to Dorking wanderers fc so we're racing back from manchester united on sunday and getting up first thing on monday to get on the road on saturday wow. july the 29th we've got a karaoke and disco fundraising night at sutton united tickets cost just two quid and they're available again from the paul so, uh, if that sounds up your street, then come and join us for a fantastically silly and probably boozy night in support of a fantastic cause. The final thing I'll say is that over 27,000 people liked Claire's tweets the day after Paul passed away last year, 27,000 people. If everyone who hit like on that tweet donated £1 for the Paul Allen project, we'd have enough money to get 18 public access defibrillators in our communities. In the same vein, there were over 19,000 people at Craven Cottage on the day that Paul passed away. And if every one of those people donated a pound, then we'd have enough for 12 public access defibrillators. As Claire put it on Twitter this week, a quid is about the price of a froth, the froth on the top of your lukewarm pint of lager at Craven Cottage on match day. So if you'd like to contribute financially, then head over to the paulallanproject.org and you'll find the link to the GoFundMe page under the Support Us section. I appreciate money's tight for everybody at the moment, particularly in this day and age. So the other ways you can help are by following the Paul Allen Project on social media, share the posts. Tell all your friends and family, encourage them to book onto one of our basic life saving training sessions too. Alternatively, we're always looking for volunteers and ideas to help us fundraise. Just get in touch via the website or via social media. Oh mate, nice
1: one. I I, I gotta say, I just the, the work the, the way Th- this amazing project has, has expanded in such a short space of time and all the work that Claire her family and you have been doing and, and friends of the family is just outstanding so kudos mate really really good stuff it's just it's fantastic just to be made aware of all things like this and actually just the work you've been doing I mean I've, i some of some of the fundraising you're doing has been inspired actually you were in a Spider-Man outfit for one of them weren't
0: you <laughs> that was for the uh the fundraiser uh, um at Sutton United yeah Trying to get people's yeah, attention, brilliant. the girls who dressed up in skimpy little uh, cheerleader outfits and just went through into the um, into the, the corporate area and um, just just went around <laughs> all the guys in suits asking them for their money. And once one of them had donated, then their mates all felt like they had to donate as well. So it's good. And we, you know, we raised we raised a few hundred quid that day. Sutton United, by the way, have been absolutely superb to us. They've let us have um, rooms for free when we've been hosting our quiz night and our bingo night. And wow. um, and they, they've you know they let us into the ground for that that day against Stockport and they were really open to us just going in and and shaking shaking buckets and collecting money so they they've been brilliant to us so yeah thanks thanks very much to Sutton United on behalf of yeah um,
1: Sutton United. Absolutely Everyone. brilliant! So we salute you too. That's great. All right, th- mate. Thank you very much. And uh, look, Cheers. we'll um, we'll we'll end this off on just um, uh, a favourite moment at the cottage, Sergeant. Have you have you got uh, one in mind that you uh, would like to tell? Yeah.
2: Me? So the obvious ones are Chelsea, we mentioned earlier, and then you yourself mentioned Brentford, and they're they're the obvious ones. You know, winning games like that is fantastic, especially the way the Brentford one happened with the, the last minute goal. But I, I actually think that this is another one that I was at with uh, with Frenchie was Brighton at home which was quite early in the season and I remember at the end of the game I, I turned to Frenchie and I said that's massive that one and I think it was maybe only our second win of the season but what that proved to me was that we were going to be alright the way that we won that game against an established team like Brighton we saw it out we went 2-0 up they got it back to 2-1 but then we, we just saw the game out and we never really looked in danger of dropping those points that for me was the, the first signal that this season is going to be a good season and so I look back at that and that's a, that's a real highlight of the season for me at Craven Cottage. Yes, the Chelsea game and the Brentford game do rank higher, but we all know what happened there. I just felt like that game deserved a bit of a special mention because it, it does feel like a significant moment in the journey that we've been on.
0: Yeah. And for you, Freddie? I mean, there's, there's the obvious ones. As i as said, you've got, you've got Brentford and, and you've got the, uh, the Chelsea game, of course. I, I love both of those. And, I, I did really enjoy that Brighton game and I, I think I enjoy that Brighton home game even more now having seen what that team became afterwards and what they've gone on to achieve this season you look back and think we did the double over those the away game at Brighton was was really special as well and I know you're you're asking for um for home games um and, and I, I think I think we, we, the answer for me would be that Chelsea game just because it was the first time that we'd done it since 2006 but just just for to sure. be a little bit left field I really enjoyed the Leeds Cup game. Um, sat in the top tier of the Riverside for that one for the first time which was which was brilliant I know controversial the top tier of the Riverside oh we can't talk about the Riverside can we these days it's so expensive blah 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 <laughs> I bloody loved yeah. it up there I really really enjoyed it and Leeds probably deserved to beat us that night but we beat them 2-0 thanks to a fantastic goal from Polina from miles out straight in the top corner having won the ball classic Polina and I think the other one was uh, was Solomon with a carbon copy of his Wolves goal as well wasn't it so we just beat them with a couple of weldies. and sometimes just individual moments of brilliance from players kind of take over the, the the actual performance of the team. The team didn't perform brilliantly that night, but those two individual moments won us the game and got us through. And of course, the destination afterwards, we didn't realize at the time. We didn't want to be there. We didn't want to be at Old Trafford and lose Mitro for eight games and and William get sent off and Marco gets sent off. But at the time, it, it was a it was a really good moment. So um, I'm I'm going to say that one.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think I might go for. I I mean of course it's Chelsea and like you say amazing evening I I mean, I've, I literally just grabbed Morgs who I was standing with and just like sc- just screamed jumping and screaming like just like two children it was really funny <laughs> yeah. but the um I'd say my favourite I'm left field like you guys have mentioned I will go with Leicester actually I thought Leicester was absolutely bonkers and and brilliant and I think one of my favourite moments of Leicester was um, Tom Kenny's second goal and his celebration to the hammy end with his, his arms held out. Uh, just, just sort of like a nice reminder of like you know, club captain still here, still got quality, still brilliant, still Tom Kenny. So I, I think that was, that was a really special moment for me. And I think also another great thing that happened at the Courage, something that sticks in my memory, is Jao Pelinha's, uh celebration with the fans um, after one of the goals. Just brilliant. I, I just, I love that man so much. So just, mm. I just always sticks in my memory that celebration he did. So yeah, that, that was great
0: yeah there was the moment are you talking about the moment with that little kid that picture do, do you remember that the South the Southampton game yeah where there's that, that still isn't there of him running over towards block A of the, uh, of the Johnny Haynes stand and there's that little kid who I think it was his first ever game wasn't it and um, that, that, yep. that still just sums up what it's like to be a football fan in, in, in one moment it's fantastic Great great shot
1: nice one well I mean I think that's a very nice way to end the pod unless you guys have anything else to add I think we can we can bid each other adieu and just see how the end of the season goes with hopefully a win against Manchester United so yeah Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, Reggie. It's so good to see you again, mate. And hopefully we'll see you again in the near future. Thank you very much, Sarge. We'll be in touch shortly. And yeah, if you like what you hear, please tell your friends about us. We're all on the social media outlets. And thank you very much for listening to us. We appreciate it. there are a lot of Fulham pods as always out there. So thank you very much for taking the time to listen to our one. And we'll be back. We'll be back with a reaction and a bit of a end-of-season award show, maybe at the same time next week for after Man United. All right. Thanks. Fulham